You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. Welcome to Hawk Talk Recap Edition. Seahawks fall to the Vikings 30-17. to Sad day in Seattle, but me and Nasa Chobie are going to break this down. No Ray Roberts today. He's got some things to do. Let's get right into what had happened. See what had happened at first was... What had happened was on Hawk Talk. What had happened? The Seahawks lose consecutive games for the first time since week nine and 10 in 2020. Only the 10th time in Russell Wilson's career. The Seahawks have lost back to back games. And it kind of felt like last week, NASA Chobi. First half was good. Offense is rolling. Defense is doing its thing. Second half comes around. It's crazy. One possession in the third quarter for back to back weeks for this offense, and then the opposing offense gets going. First half, DK gets the football three times in the first drive. Boom, he scores a touchdown. We're thinking he's getting involved. Chris Carson has a play. 30-yard touchdown off a zone, outside zone. Look, boom, he gets going. Everything felt good. But then you go on at halftime, you come back out, and things seem to change. Yeah, man, it's it's disappointing that that kind of happened two weeks in a row, and it's and it shows you that something's there. They're obviously doing things right. I mean, t- defenses are having a really tough time stopping the Seattle team. The Colts, the Titans, and the Vikings all gave up big plays in the first half to the Seattle Seahawks. But, Bump, what happened, man, this game came down to time of possession. For the second week in a row, the Seahawks lost the time of possession battle, and in a big way. Uh, Vikings dominated time of possession, 35 minutes, 53 seconds to the Seahawks, 24 minutes and 7 seconds. And it's really hard to win ball games when you don't have the ball in the second half. And there's there's blame to go on every it's a team loss, so there's blame to go on each side of the ball. But bump the the big issue right right now, at least that jumps out at me initially, is what happened with the Vikings, man. They were able to sustain drives the entire game. Scored on six of eight possessions, only punted twice. They went touchdown, punt, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, field goal, field goal, punt. And all their drives in the second half were long ones, man. Long drives. They had drives of 16 plays for 50 yards, 11 plays for 70 yards, 12 plays for 88 yards. That shows you right there they were in complete control of the game offensively. They put up 453 yards. Kirk Cousins, man, Mm -hmm. continues to be consistent. 30 of 38, 322, 23 yards, three touchdowns, and also no Dalvin Cook. Don't worry about it. We got a backup who's going to do his thing. Alexander Madison rushed for 112 yards, 26 carries. And they also got it going in the pass game with a special receiver they got over there. Yeah, man, Justin Jefferson had nine receptions, 118 yards, and one touchdowns. And the big thing for the Vikings, they were incredibly successful on third down. They went 9 of 14, converting on 64%. That's way too high for the Seahawks defense. And on the flip side, the Seahawks were only 3 of 8, 37%. And sometimes you can look at third downs, at least offensively. If you're not getting into third down a bunch, that's, that's a good sign. Yeah. But when you're when you just don't have a lot of opportunities, it's not great. The Seahawks only converted 37% of the time. Vikings had 73 total plays. The Seahawks had 52. And Bump, man, the Seahawks, you mentioned earlier, they got things going. Red heart start. Everything's flashing. You score 17 points in the first three drives. You're up 17-7. to seven. You're thinking, okay, the Seahawks are bouncing back. They're doing everything that they need to do. 
The problem was the remaining possessions of the game, they went missed field goal, end of half, punt, punt, downs, end of half. I mean, it's hard when you don't possess the ball, so it, it's it's on both sides. The defense needs to do a better job of getting off the field. I mean, those long drives, 16 plays, 11 plays, 12 plays, that's too much. And offensively, you have two drives in the second half where you go five plays. And, you know, it's a joint effort because those guys got to stay on the field as well. Defense got to get off. So it's – man, it's 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 disappointing and it's tough. We know these guys um, are really good football players and their talented team. Coaches, staff works hard. But they just got to get out of this funk a little bit and figure out how they can do better in the second half and coming out of uh, the locker room at halftime. When you were down like the Seahawks were late in the game, you become one-dimensional, right? You have to throw the football. You can't get Chris Carson involved, even though he looked really good in the first half. You have to throw the football down the field, and that allows the opposing defense to really sit back and just wait for you. Look, we're going to send the pressure. We're going to sit back in the zone because we know exactly what you're going to do when you are behind. You're right. It is a team loss. Some adjustments need to be made, and I'm pretty sure we're going to see some tweaks in this offense, defense, and probably in personnel as well. Uh, disappointing loss. These Vikings, going into this game, we said they were a good 0-2 team. Yep. People look at that record and say, oh, they're 0-2. They should be done. Nah, man, they have some guys on that side of the football, and uh, they definitely showed it. But through all this, we still got some playmakers for the Seahawks. Touchdown, Seahawks! Playmakers. Show them what time it is! Holy catfish! Yes, we do have some playmakers like we could do every single week, and usually where we start, Russell Wilson, 23 for 32, 298 yards in one touchdown. Uh, with that touchdown pass, Russell Wilson passed Joe Montana for 18th place on the NFL's all-time passing touchdown list with 274 yard, or touchdowns, which is an incredible accomplishment. Anytime you pass Joe Montana on any list, you're obviously doing something well. Uh, we know Russell Wilson will have a gold jacket you know, down the road. Uh, he also passed Brett Favre for eighth place for most passing yards in a quarterback's first 10 seasons in NFL history, now up to 34,841 yards. Russell played well. I mean, it wasn't um, it wasn't the game where it's the best game we've seen him play, um, yeah. and it was nowhere near a poor effort from him. He got the job done. He put the Seahawks in position for the most part. Um, second half, it was tough. There was one play where he was getting pressure up the middle and just missed Freddie Swain, who could have extended a drive. But, again, they just didn't have a lot of opportunities in the second half. But Russell Wilson is still playing consistent. Um, another big thing, he's not turning the ball over, which is keeping the Seahawks in games. Yeah, he's not going to wow you with these numbers, but um, 23 for 32, 298, one touchdown. You think you're in this ball game. Like you said, Miss Freddie Swain on a crucial third down, had a bunch of pressure there. It was a game of, of misses, right? Like you play good enough to be in the game, but when it's time to make a play, something just doesn't go right, and they could not get it done. End of the day, I will take this game from Russell Wilson. We just have to capitalize on those crucial moments. All right, DK Metcalf, six receptions, 107 yards, one touchdown. Only had one cast for 19 yards in the second half, though. All right. But with the score that he had, Metcalf now ranks ninth in franchise history with 19 receiving touchdowns. The Seahawks, they said, look, we're going to get this dude the ball early. It's been two weeks. It's been the Tyler Lockett show, which is fine, which I think he's okay with. But we all know that you can't hold this man down for too long. I just wish that those six passes for 107 were extended throughout the whole game yep. and not necessarily the, necessarily the big plays in the first half, but uh, the Vikings did a good job adjusting. You know, they, they provided pressure and the Seahawks offense didn't have the football. So when you have pressure, you don't have the football opportunities are going to be limited for this guy, but it's nice to see him have his breakout game. Unfortunately, 
it's with a loss. Yeah, no, it was great to see DK come out. And like you said, went to him early and often. He had a lot of great crutches. Cooked Patrick Peterson on that one route on the first drive. Yeah. I mean, showing what he can do from a, um, a route running ability and a little wiggle after the catch. Big, strong guy on the touchdown pass. Catches the ball, beats the corner to the pylon. So, love to see that from DK Metcalf. We knew it was a matter of time. Shane Waldron talked about it. Uh, DK talked about it. You can't, you can't hold this man down. And I know there was a lot of conversation about, you know, whether he's a hothead or he can't control his emotions. I mean, let, let's just stop with all that, man. He had one unsportsmanlike against the Colts, and his other two penalties against the Titans were aggressive plays blocking in the run game. Um, he had a great block on Chris Carson's touchdown that we'll talk about a little bit later. But DK was balling out. He's shown a lot of maturity, uh, and I'm, I'm, in, I'm really uh, – the sky's the limit for this kid, and I'm really excited to see what he's going to do moving forward this year, especially, you know, sometimes DK – Entire locket rotate who's going to have a big game and DK showed up and showed out. Chris Carson, the bump, uh, 12 carries, 80 yards, one touchdown, only two carries for six yards in the second half. Obviously, it's sticking with the theme that we've talked about when you don't possess the ball in the uh, second half of games, it's hard to get Chris Carson the rock. Um, with that touchdown, though, from Chris, uh, he ranks eighth in franchise history in rush yards in just a couple of seasons. So that's great to see from Chris. And man, bump, I loved what we saw in the first half. Carson got things going. Um, I loved what we saw from the offensive line. There's a couple plays where you got Damian Lewis. I think it was Damian Lewis and Dwayne Brown pulling. There's a lot of there's a misdirection. Um, things are opening up. So there's good things there. We, we've seen what they can do. And I think, um, you know, Jamarco Jones is battling uh, an illness throughout the game. Um, Jake Curran stepped in and kind of was rotating in with him. Uh, obviously, the Seahawks were without Brandon Shell in the run game. But they were doing some things right. I mean, it's all there. The breadcrumbs are there. The dots are there. We just got to connect them well in the second half moving forward. Yeah, Chris Carson looked good in that first half. He looked fast on that touchdown. We're going to break down pretty um, pretty soon here. Looked really good. You mentioned that guard tackle pull by Damian and Dwayne Brown. They were getting upfield, and he was getting tough yards as well. You know, they were, yes, he had a couple big runs, but he was getting those two, three-yard gains and just imposing his will on the defense. Just when you're down, second half, you're not going to be able to run the ball a lot. So um, I don't think he's too upset. I think he understands the situation. Uh, next, we got Daryl Taylor. Six tackles, one sack. He had the only sack that the Seahawks had last week against the Vikings. Nice to see DT getting in the mix. I think this defense needs to produce more sacks, but at least they didn't go sack less. I will take a sack. <laughs> um, and it's a team effort, man. They got to find ways to be creative on that defensive line to provide pressure. And when you do provide pressure, you got to – drop back into your zones to be disciplined as well on the back end. It's, it's a puzzle and people don't realize it's a puzzle, right? You got to yep. fit the a gap. You got to, you got to drop into the flat. You got to make sure you're good over the top. There are a lot of things that happen to make sacks happen as well, because when you send that pressure, you got to be solid on that yep. back end. Yeah, no, and it's like you, you mentioned, um, one sack. It's good that Daryl Taylor is kind of still showing here and there. He's got a couple sacks on the season, a little active with six, with six tackles. Um, Defensively, you know, he was the one that kind of stood out for me. Um, Jamal Adams finished the game with 12 tackles. Bobby Wagner had 11. Trey Flowers had seven. Jordan Brooks had seven. Ugo Amadi had six. You know, Quandre Dix had five. So there were some plays made defensively, not as not as much as you, you'd like to see from, from that group. And, you know, I think they're going to bounce back strong um, against the 49ers because we know it's a huge ball game when you're uh, one and two in the division and those guys have been winning games so we'll get into that but I expect a huge bounce back effort from the defensive players moving into next week now bump man receiver roundup we mentioned it first DK Metcalf six receptions 107 yards one touchdown 17 yards per catch on nine targets 
Yeah, DK looked good. Nine targets, six catches, 107, one touchdown. We'll take that. Gerald Everett got involved this week. Five catches, 54 yards on five targets. Travis Homer, 48 yards on three catches. Will Disley get some? One for 39. Tyler Lockett, thank goodness he is healthy for the most, most part. He might be banged up. His knee got twisted up a bit. Uh, we were shook for a bit. Can't lose number 16. He had four for 31. Freddie Swain, one for 10. Penny Hard, one for seven yards. And then Chris Carson, two for two yards. That's the receiver roundup. Let's go into the coach's corner. All right. In the coach's corner, we alluded to it coming into the game or coming into the podcast. Chris Carson, a nice 30 yard touchdown. Ball at the 30 of the Vikings. We're going to turn the hand to Carson. Big hole down to the 20, down to the 15, 10, 5. Carson's in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Chris Carson into the tunnel. He may be heading to St. Paul. What a run by Carson. 30 yards for a touchdown. The Seahawks on top now, 16 to 7. Yeah, look at that play. It's beautiful. It really all starts with Dwayne Brown. This is an outside zone. That means he's trying. Usually you press the B gap on inside zone. You look for that cutback. No, this is straight outside zone. You go towards your tackle. Dwayne Brown does a great job of sealing that in right there. There's even one point where he takes his right hand. He lets go with his left hand. It really shoves the end with his right hand to make sure he's getting a full extension there. The guards do a great job of getting on the interior lineman. And then the rest is just number 32, man. He sees a hole and he goes, DK just just enough on the second level with that corner to provide a bit more space. But I just saw a burst, man. I ain't seen in a while from 32. I mean, I, I guess he hasn't had the opportunity to show this burst in the last right. couple of weeks. But uh, nice play, real simple. <clears throat> Outside zone, get it to your guys, get bodies on bodies, let 32 do the rest. Yeah, no, you mentioned it. Great to see uh, Dwayne Brown's the key to this play. Like you said, getting the DN or kicking him out. Carson accelerates, goes to the end zone. And like you said, what I liked about DK Metcalf on the play is you can allude to this more than I can, but as a receiver, you don't need to get a bone-crushing block. You don't need to take that corner and put him in the stands. You need to get just enough, and Patrick Peterson's a good football player. DK gets just enough. Peterson tries to turn around, and he's a fast dude, but you're not catching Chris Carson. It's good to see him get going. And I love Chris, man. He scores a touchdown. Nothing to see here. I've been here before. <laughs> Comes out the tunnel, a little dap up here and there, and we're good to go, man. But we need to see more of this moving forward because we know how special uh, Chris Carson is, and the Seahawks offense really goes when Chris Carson's running, and uh, that 30-yard touchdown definitely showed that. 30-yard touchdown was beautiful. <clears throat> One of the rare moments we had last week to celebrate. We need to see more of that often and early. Unfortunately, we didn't get in victory formation this week. The clock ran out on us. A knee taken by Hundley. They're just going to let the clock wind down. Pete's not even going to bother taking that last time out. Clock ran out on the Seahawks. It was tough. It was it was a tough ball game. There's no really easy way to put it. Um, couldn't do enough offense or defense. And the thing that jumped out again, the Seahawks got off to another fast start, um, scoring on the first three drives. After that, the Seahawks offense stalled, scoring zero points in the second half. Pete Carroll always talks about it. You can't win the game in the first, second, third. You can only win the game in the fourth. And uh, the Seahawks, unfortunately, start strong but couldn't finish strong offensively or defensively, for that matter. They just weren't able to get off the field all, all afternoon. Vikings dominated time of possession and scored on six of eight possessions. Two weeks in a row where the offense cannot get on the field, defense cannot get off the field. Recipe for disaster right there. Now, after leading 17 to 7, the Vikings scored 23 unanswered points. That's like just getting hits with jab after jab after jab. In the fourth quarter, you get hit with a hook, and then we fall. Unfortunate to see that. Now, the Seahawks will have to find a way to get off the field. 
They have to find a way to get off the field. I don't know if that's creating more pressure. I don't know if that's discipline in the secondary. I don't know if it's both. That's what they're doing this week. They're going to find a way to get this defense off the field. Absolutely, and, and it's only a matter of time. I, we can reach far uh, as far back as just last year. The Seahawks started the year in 2020 with one of the worst, uh, d- statistically, one of the worst defenses of all time. And then they made that turn in the second half, and they were one of the best defenses in the NFL. They were getting sacks. They were getting turnovers. And I have 100% confidence that the Seahawks can get back to that. I think it's worth mentioning the Seahawks were without uh, defensive back coach Andre Curtis, who had a health matter. He'll be back this week. Uh, Deshaun Shedd took over his passing game coordinator responsibility, so I know that might have had a little bit of impact of what was going on on Sunday. But these guys work hard. They're, they're in the film room. There's going to be a, a, a really important tell-the-truth Monday today. Um, I know that you guys are going to bounce back. And here's the thing, Bump. I'll throw this out at you, man. Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, never, never, ever, ever, ever lost three games in a row. Since okay. Russell Wilson stepped foot in the VMAC in the Pacific Northwest, never lost three games in a row. And I expect a huge effort from these guys coming in this week against the 49ers. I like that stat. That's an encouraging stat. And that's never lost three in a row. They have to bounce back against the 49ers. 49ers lost in the thriller last night to the Green Bay Packers. Gave Aaron Rodgers, what, 37 seconds to get down and kick a game-winning field goal. But the Niners show, like, look. They can put up points. They can move the football. Uh, they also have the Rams coming up as well. Uh, you got you're getting to the division. You got the Cardinals who are three and zero. I mean, this division is looking real tough right now, as we already knew going into this season. So it's now time to take care of business. Yeah, I understand you're one and two. Uh, you could be down, Hawks fans. You have the right to be frustrated, but there's still hope. You got to get into this division, take care of business, and avoid that three game losing streak for the first time in the Pete Carroll Russell Wilson era. Yeah, I have full faith that we're not going to see that between them. Um, it's a huge week. I mean, every week's a huge week. That's the great thing about Pete Carroll's system. Uh, every single game is a huge opportunity, championship opportunity, and it's not going to be easy, man. The 49ers are coming off a tough loss, but they got some confidence. The Rams are playing well. The Cardinals are playing well. And the Seahawks cannot afford to fall behind too early in the season. I know it's 17 games. you got the extra game, but you can't you can't afford to be 1-3, and 1-4 and four to start the season. Uh, everyone, make sure to listen to all the podcasts we have across the Seahawks uh, podcast network, Seahawks Insiders, and make sure you catch the Seahawks Rewind podcast of the Seahawks Post Game Show with Michael Bumpus, Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Immediately after the game, you get to hear from head coach Pete Carroll, players in the locker room from Jen Mueller, and expert analysis from the guys who know the game. Bump, the Seahawks fell. It's time to tell the truth, turn the page, and get back after it. Get back to work, baby. Seahawks fall to the Vikings on the road, 30-17. to They go on the road again this week to play the 49ers. Let's get things right. Appreciate you guys taking time out of your day. Again, that's the Hawk Talk recap. I'm Michael Bumpus. That's Nash Chobi. Talk to you soon.